don't mind that you're eating Barbie. Eating Barbie alive. Eating Barbie. Well, we've talked about sausages together while sitting here. Why, why not talk Switch about soft, wonderful pink things? Yeah. Whatever that is. Well, you know, it goes with ordering. But, uh, ladies and gents, uh, I'm Don. This is Will. Uh, we just got out of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And the Cinephile Hissy Fit is live. Uh, we're recording some content with a little recorder here. Hopefully this will be some decent audio. Despite the live, wild, and parking volume here, we're going to do our best to kind of give you a show where the live square isn't in Will's head. I was going to say it to go. It's like Monsters Inc. But, yeah. But this is the Cinephile Hits of the Podcast, a tirade film movie debate podcast hosted by Will and Don, two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. We even have Miss Stella, who slept through half the movie and really thinks nothing of it, so I'm not sure if she's here for this. No, she's, she's, she woke up and she went, good movie, so that's, yeah. that's hey, her review. Hey, I just saw three kids get out of Flash and go, that movie sucked ass, right outside the theater on the sidewalk, so... That's that's the the hot take culture we live in, but we're we're better than that. We're we're a we're a Rotten Tomatoes approved podcast, and here we are trying to get through Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny um, and Barbie. It, well, well, I think you. I think we. Can, I don't know what what would take longer, getting through Barbie, or getting through Indiana Jones and the I, Dial of Destiny. I don't think it would take very long. To get through to Barbie, get you through think Margot Robbie? <laughs> to get through Margot Robbie, I'll be like Leo DiCaprio. Watch her have scene. the stamina of uh, you know. Stallion, for all we know. I, I, Margo, it, tell us about how, how, how you hang, you know? Would doubt it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm wearing my <clears throat> here. This is why I came, uh-huh. one of the reasons I, I, I came to Chicago. Every movie has a lesson on just to With your ice cream on your shirt. Awesome. Ice cream on my shirt. Nice job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just, we just wanted to do a quick reaction. I was very excited for this. Don saw this when you saw this in D.C. About right? two weeks ago uh, for a press oh, screening wow. in Washington, D.C. So I've been uh, tight-lipped trying to not steer you horribly but was it better upon a second viewing no it uh mildly um i think it was more um i think i could see a little bit more of phoebe waller bridges motivations and uh Mm. and see a little bit more of where that goes um pacing wise it helped me not go all right where are we going here like i I could kind of beat for beat kind of see where it was going to go but at the same time I kind of then added up like, oh wow, we have seven more car chases to go, you know, and uh, <laughs> and just you know, and eighteen more uh, CGI monsters and eels. Where I'm like, oh, I gotta get through all that, and we're still not there yet. And then we get to that ending because this is a spoiler one where yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of lands where it lands. I'm not sure if a gymnast would agree on that score of landing. I'm, um, but I've seen it now twice. You gotta talk about how you feel about it. Well, yeah, that's my one big complaint is the length. We were talking uh-huh. before the movie that. You know, uh, I think the longest one is Last Crusade. It's only like two hours and eight minutes or something. Yeah. All these movies are tight. Tight, tight, tight. This mm. one is not tight. This one is very long. Do you feel the fluff? Or see the fluff and identify the fluff? I wouldn't say it's fluff. I just... I hate to say you take an action sequence out, but... It I just would. feels like there's a little... It, it doesn't feel like padding for the sake of padding. It just feels like they made some decisions. Didn't um, uh, trim it where they should have. I agree. And... Uh, there's a couple things that go a little too long. Um, Which is weird because plot-wise, watching this, I, something I paid attention to when this time was up, watching the films through the thing of the our heroes, and uh, for, like, for things we think that go on a long time, villains are miraculously step for step. Every, like, mm-hmm. I looked at the, like, the G, even like the, 
geography of what they had to do to chase in New York. And like, oh, like as soon as Indy stops a long jaunt and a horse or a run, the villain's like, almost like a scary movie. The, the stalking killer is still right there, despite yeah. the teenage girl that runs away from the past. So like, there were all these miraculous like, oh, the villains are right here. Oh, they conveniently have a boat right next door to the other boat. Oh, they conveniently are yeah. docked in the same dock in the same town in Sicily. And they, the number of villain conveniences in a very long-winded movie yeah. really adds up terribly. Yeah. I don't know. Just uh, I'm with you. Though. And yeah. there's a certain make it harder. And I have some have some struggle. When does it start to drag for you? Because I think the first, I think the opening sequence is the strongest part of the film because it feels very indie, like because he's fighting That's Nazis and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the stuff in New York through the parade and everything is good. I think, uh, yeah, I think I think the first hour. It also doesn't feel very um, like non Spielberg either. I think it's a very good tribute I, physically. I agree. I think I, Mangle, I, you could you would be not yeah. not mistaken, but like if I just put this on and I didn't mm. know the history of it, I would have thought it's the same director yeah. for a while anyway. A while. I think um, what I noticed first time and this time yep. was um, I think it's uh, Bruno Delabano is been Mangle's uh, guy for a while, yeah, yeah. and um, they really had a good time in their editor as well. Same, and also same editor that they've had for a while. I think Oscar winning for Ford vs Ferrari, but um, they did a really good job of like um, doing like playful Spielbergian uh, camera movement and framing, like yep. like um, the fight at the hotel auction of like follow follow the MacGuffin slides across the table, stuff. Yep, yep. move the camera here, go, you know. Oh, thank you very much. Like it yep. just. The, the playfulness and the track, the, the really studly tracking really, really moves well when you're not in a vehicle. Like when it's human yeah. stuff moving around, it moves really well. When you get to the chase stuff, which is a lot, it's a lot um, I feel like for, for every good practical there on the site shot, there's four shots that feel digital behind it. Whereas, yeah. like, like every, you could tell every time they were like in the tuk tuk and background was happening behind them. Versus a wide shot where you can see the vehicle move and chase and hit and bump things. It's not as it's, bad as like uh, it's a top mania or something. No, but no, no. There's yeah. just a lot of extras, a lot of sets. Yeah. Like but yeah, they do try to extend things that I feel like you don't need. Like you don't need to see, like when you're walking down a New York street, you don't need to see miles of New York. Like we, no. you can get it to New York if you just yeah. have a little, I mean, you know, back in the 80s and 90s they filmed, you know, yeah. uh, one piece of New York on the same block in every movie. You can see it in yeah. You know, Carlito's Way and Gremlins 2 and Serpico, everybody, they're filming that same block, so I don't know why you have to I know get all the, digital with everything, you know what I mean? But, I know the hotel scene in Tangiers, is it? Yeah. Where, obviously, the heroes and bad guys come together at the auction and thwart what they thwart, and they have that big tuk-tuk chase. Um, yep. Is that what's called a tuk-tuk? Tuk-tuk, something like that. He called it, he named the dude. I don't know, I was... But, um, yeah. but no, I'd be, if there's a part of the movie I trim or think differently... It's that, like maybe the, like, because if you just jump from New York to, I know a guy on a boat in Greece, mm-hmm. and jump to Antonio Banderas, mm-hmm. who's a glorified four-line cameo. Yeah, four-line cameo. Yeah. If that, yeah. get on the poster, I feel bad. Um, but no, I got some money for it. But I know, and I know that's probably their best chase of the seven in the movie, but um, I would shave, yeah, I would somehow accelerate New York to, let's get to business. And not yeah, dig around in tangents. It doesn't help that there's a quest to get the thing that'll lead you on the other quest. Like that, that gives you some items. killers. Yeah, you know, like we're in a video game now. Yeah, right? it's, but it's, hey, at least it's better than the Uncharted movie. 
It is. I will grant that for sure. It's better than Uncharted. Where's yeah. this rank? It's an indie movie. Is this better? Than, you're a Crystal Skull defender. No, I wouldn't say defender. I would. Uh-huh. I I give it three stars. I don't think it's as bad as everyone says. Yeah. This is much better than Crystal Skull. Okay. I would say. Um, but it's not better than the original trilogy. Oh heck. So no. No, this, is, this would be four. Okay. Fourth. Um, yeah. The ending. Um, I'm, I I kind of feel like uh, less is more with these movies too. Mm. Like um, you know, in Raiders, they kind of give you this hint of what's going on with the arc. Yeah. Uh, with uh, well, Temple's a different thing, but Last Crusade, it's they they spend maybe ten minutes actually getting the Holy Grail, and even in the, the Crystal Skull, it's mm-hmm. you're kind of in that alien thing for about ten minutes. This one spends a good solid chunk with its. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is the more you think about it, the less, like, uh-huh. you, the more you start <laughs> thinking about it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's what I'm saying. Like, if I really sat down and thought about the end of The Last Crusade, um, it's probably nonsense. But oh, yeah. because it's only ten minutes and, and we've got so much build up before, and this movie is building up to that, yeah. you know, this ending. But then they stay so long and it takes a little bit of the magic out of it. And then you start thinking logically, like, okay, this is ridiculous. And uh, I mean, I like it. It's, it's very time, time traveling to third century BC. It's, it's fucking a, ridiculous. It's a cool idea. I like the idea. It's very Lucas movie, and I like yeah. that. I like that. Uh, That's maybe, a heck of a shark jumped up. But I like that. You know, Indiana Jones is like, I need to stay here. This is what I studied my whole life. Now I can live it. I love that touch. I wish you would have died and stay there. I'll say it out loud. I do too. But it just kind of, uh, just kind of, just goes on and on. It and goes on. And I mean, on. they're talking to Archimedes, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's just kind of. It's if they learned anything from the other movies, mm-hmm. and some of it is that keeping it tight. It's like yeah, maybe you do have them time travel, but like you know, something horrific happens to the villain, and they just squeeze out, and you see like a glimpse of mm-hmm. you see a glimpse of you know uh, what was it, two thousand years in the past? Yeah, you see a glimpse of it, and you're like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, like, just like you see just a glimpse of what's inside the arc. Just yeah, just a dang. glimpse of what's going on. At the, I got to go back and look at Temple of Doom. And and man, that sounds like a three, four to me. But it I, I've used been there to be a, a three, time. but now it's a four yeah. and a half. But three, I think I think the Jones. problem is is that Indiana Jones. I mean, Temple of Doom works for me, and it works yeah. for a lot of people. But for me, uh, and I can I, I'd probably go Temple of Jones, Temple of uh, Doom three. Okay. But um, but I think that Indy works best fighting Nazis. That's the. You should stay a time capsule. I think it should stay. A, I mean, obviously, you can't have him now that he's 80, yeah. But I mean, I didn't think the motion capture was that bad. There's a couple moments you can tell, but I thought for the most part it was fine. Animating his speech, there's a there's a line or two where you're like, okay, the we're eyes look a little weird. Rubber sometimes. in the face, and 
I think it's got that uh, and nitpicky stuff, but like a lot of movement. The, when there's movement, you can see the eyes aren't yeah. quite like. But but when he's sitting still or just gazing at some villains, it's fine. Yeah, I thought it was fine. And even the, how did you feel about the um, the second use of it, which would be like ten years later when he sees Toby Jones again and and uh, Helena is twelve, but like because that was like gray, but then not like. A little bit of gray, but younger than obviously the uh, Eve now. Didn't, it, it was wasn't like a tweener as, scene. It's, it wasn't as distracting as some of the action sequences in the beginning where yeah. you could tell the faces. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it was yeah. um, for me it had that syndrome that they haven't been able to fix without some auto-tuning microphones, like the Irishman, where um, you can't un-80-year-old a voice. Because you have this pretend younger Al Pacino and Joe Pesci body that sounds like, <laughs> you know... Eight packs of cigarettes a day, Joe Pesci at seventy whatever I, years that old. That doesn't bother me because yeah. Harrison's voice. I don't know. In my head, I hear young Harrison. I hear Han Solo. I hear Indiana Jones. Yeah. I don't hear the gravel warbled. I yeah. the one of now is just so low. I wonder what registering age yeah. where I, I don't know how you tune it, but there's got to be a way to improve it that in future years. It doesn't bother me because the it, I get it. Remember, Nitpick, remember, take uh, remember Space Cowboys mm. when the opening where like it was clearly younger actors, but it was their voices. Like it doesn't. Yeah, and they did it in Age of Adeline with Harrison Ford. Yeah, that stuff doesn't take me out of it too okay. much. I don't. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. But okay, okay. But no, I, I, I'll probably see it again at some point. I think. Okay. Um, you've seen it twice now. I have. Um, I won't be sad if like someday this will be like a 4K box set where they're all in a box, right? All, all, all five, five yeah. movies in a nice little thing. Yeah. I, and normally I'd be that guy. like, I just need the first three. You know, you can shave off the you know Crystal Skull, but I'd be proud to have. I do like the Mads Mikkelsen thing where he's like, you know, the world's forgotten about both of us, and they could have expanded on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely just some areas that are missing. Uh, I think maybe they focus so much on making it a Spielberg kind of movie, mm-hmm. they forgot some of the emotional touches. Sure. Um, but, I mean, it's not necessarily about emotion either, because, um, like, Temple of Doom's not a very... Well, it has its moment. I don't know. It's just, Yeah. This is a tough. This is a, a tall order, and I think for the most part they succeeded at least for me, and I had a good time. So okay. that's what matters. What do you think of Phoebe Waller Bridge as the as the as the Robin of Batman here? Sometimes Fine, Batman. I mean, sometimes Batman. I, you know, it's she's got this reputation out there with all the chuds out there. Strong she was out. kind of like a young indie, like Temple of Doom. She's just checking out dudes and like mm-hmm. she's she's yeah, scared of stuff just like he is. Yeah. And like I don't know, like it just it, she felt pretty real to me. Yeah. Um, I think the major problem is that they should have found a connection with somebody that we already knew. Because uh, the be Toby Jones, like we have Toby Jones in the opening flashback. Yeah, yeah. And we obviously we hear about him all movie because it's your dad, your dad, your dad, God, your father, and all that. Yeah, yeah. But um, you're right. We don't spend a lot of time like, with Toby Jones. What if it was like, together. you know, like one of Sala's kids, or and then you do a little POC? That'd be kind of yeah, nice. Or, yeah, or or what's uh, what's his name? Um, who's in one and three? 
Uh, I mean, Kiyu Kwan. No, no, no. You could have got short round. Oh, my goodness. They didn't know where everything everywhere all at once would be. They, we didn't know where Kiwi would be. No, they could have done a reshoot. If Zack Snyder could have reshoot an entire movie with Tig Notaro, then you, you could missed it. Kiyu Kwan. Because we had a short round substitute in this movie. We did. He's okay too. I don't mind him, oh, but uh, he's not annoying to me. No, like he's, most he's, kids yeah. are. Um, Until he no magically offense. flies a plane with extra bones. <laughs> not you. You're not annoying. He, gets, um, he yeah. magically flies a plane with extra Well, no. Bones. What's what's the character's name uh, in one and three? Who's like the museum guy that puts uh, everybody? Um, it's Den- it's um, Denim Ellie is the actor. Yeah, yeah. It's Marcus. Uh, Bro- no, Marcus no, no, Brody. Marcus Brody. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, kno- he knows eight languages. He's our guy. Yeah. If they made it Marcus. Like granddaughter, or like I said, a solid. Like he had yeah. a connection there because then what happens is, is a lot of the legwork the movie has to do is convince you that these guys were close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be a major problem with all the relationships in the movie. It's like mm-hmm. the Antonio Banderas thing. Like you, you get this hit that they've been like friends forever. Yeah, and it's just kind of like yeah, I mean, that's kind of a James Bondy thing. You know, he oh, might have like a connection yeah, with somebody, he's, but he's Felix Leiter, right? But it just yeah. it just kind of feels like. There should be more there, more emotional. Especially if you're going to bring in, you bring in an actor. Yeah, bring a stunt. That might be a red herring thing to make you think he's going to live or something. That's true. Though he did spoil it himself because he said, I think he was on some, uh, yeah, interview for another movie, and he was just like, "Oh, I play a character who dies for Indiana Jones." <laughs> it's like, oh, I spoiled that one. Yes. Yeah. I um <laughs> another character that feels red herring or just fits and spurts is the um the black CIA agent who is kind of in handling Schmidt. Following Schmidt, investigating everything, mm-hmm. obviously yeah. doesn't want anything to do with the Nazis, and she gets killed off. Yeah. Love to see her stick around. They have if a they perfect get... setup for the huge giant German guy that yeah. goes nowhere. Where oh, you're just know. expecting there to be some kind of callback to like fighting in front of a, you know, uh, propeller blades or something. Yeah. And uh, he gets dispatched pretty easy. And I'm watching him handcuffed underwater, shake the gate. Where I'm like, I know. give it a few more tugs, buddy, and I bet you yeah, get it. Yeah, he's pretty know? big guy. Yeah, uh, and then um, I don't understand the Boyd Holbrook character at all because yeah, we're just once he gets to two thousand, what, what, yeah. what year is it? Two hundred BC or whatever. Yeah, three hundred. Yeah, he just starts like shooting people. Like, <laughs> why was he doing that? I, I don't know. understand. Like, it he's been trigger happy all movie, so I get, I get that. If you're going, but there. it just doesn't make any sense. No. He's just and he's doing AC. He's doing Ben Foster. You know, yeah, I don't the know. AC Twitch guy, and that's Ben Ben Foster. That's a guy who always just market. misses for me. Just misses I agree. a little bit. And I know he's in. who who among our friends loves Logan. Boyd Hol- Boyd Holbrook. Somebody loves him. Is it Lauren? Right. Katie? Karen White probably. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't but yeah, to the Boyd Holbrook fan in our Byron in our probably. Yeah. So I think she's Jeez, a great right? lesbian. Oh. I mean, she's fine. Yeah, but just. Could that, you're saying that heavier could have been heavier, or give it to the big German yeah, guy. Yeah, take the big German guy or Boyd Holbrook out. Have one, one sub-villain yeah. that Indy has to go with. Yeah. Um, and I will say this, uh, to, to harken back a little bit, I do like that they they kept true to the character about being a historian. Like, I think, I think sometimes these movies, as they get, uh, not these movies, Indiana Jones, but I think a lot of series, as they get mm-hmm. deeper and deeper into the numbers, or higher into the numbers. Yeah. The core of the character kind of sometimes goes away, and uh, this I, I love that he's still teaching and he's still yeah. really like they solve everything through puzzles and math and archaeology. I do like that Mads Mikkelsen is a very much, much like a lot of Nazis, like very yeah. cold. He at one point he says um, people like to romance romanticize science, but it's actually very cold, mm. and he's very cold. And I like that he kind of like I mean that's he's a, a math- movie, and he's like yeah. a mathematician. 
And I like that he's he kind of thinks in that almost black and white way of math yeah. without having that grander imagination. You know, like yeah. and I, I do like the t- the twist of sorts that mm-hmm. you know I, they use a little bit of history there, where like like yeah, Archimedes had this stuff mapped out, but he didn't know what continental drift was. And I thought that was a pretty neat catch because yeah. it was like, oh crap! And that's instead of any punching a bunch of guys, it's like him yeah. he's going like, hey, you're gonna screw this up if you don't, you know. Best right cross in all the movies, though. He still got it. Go punch, yep. punch a fucker. Yep. Down. A good solid score by uh, John Williams too. I, I yeah, I mean, um, it, the, I have to admit the movie's awfully loud. Where you, there's not a lot of places where, like, Williams is really like ahead of like. Ahead of the horses, really, really breathing and galloping, galloping things along. I think the action is is loud enough that Williams' stuff just happens to be there. Of course, when the themes show up, the themes show up. Yeah, but, but it's um, not overbearing either. No, I, play the but theme. I would trade. I would trade overbearing score for overbearing sound design. So he's Jesus, but you know, go, go gallop, get us Williams. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, we did see this at. Uh, I think we've, we've tagged it in the video. The Lagrange. Classic Cinema's LaGrange, which one of the reasons I came out here was just to see that here. Because it's a great theater, it's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, it was good. I, I thought it was a fine time with the movies. I, yeah. I can't, I'm not going to say it's the best thing of the year. It's not the best indie movie. No. It's not the best Harrison Ford movie. Though he has his moments. I I think the, uh, <laughs> they kind of, uh, you know, killed Shia LaBeouf off, off screen. I was just going to ask you how you feel about this. I thought it was a great scene because Harrison Ford is a great actor. I think, I think when Harrison That's, Ford, um, when he... When he, he does this in Blade Runner 2049 too, when he, like, when he has that, like, that, that gaze, mile-long gaze, where he's just, like, looking into nothingness and reflecting on things, it's yeah. when he's at his peak, and he has a whole thing, he kind of salvages the, uh, the Mutt character by showing his, his eventual love for him. Yeah. You know, Did you know it was coming? <laughs> nope. That? No clue. I had no idea. Folded American Black. question would be um is this movie better i know shia labeouf's not the not the easiest guy to work with currently in 2023 he's quite an actor though um is this movie better with him than this than this off-screen treatment of him like a side-by-side adventure you put shia in here no i think that character is that's almost i wouldn't say as internationally reviled as like a jar jar binks but it's a character that missiles at the end and no time to die but it's a hell of a send off if this is the last 
Yeah, see, that's this would have had this would have had the emotion behind it that No Time to Die didn't. Because like yeah. when he dies in No Time to Die, I'm like, well, this is he's got I this never really awe with his daughter, but, but I was never really connected to what he's any of that story either. The, the, the five yeah. movies, so I wasn't like, oh, this is the but end. this this has some connection. Yeah, but like, like like he, you could tell he misses his boy. You can tell he misses his love of his life, and and, and had Marion shown up earlier. And I know it's kind of a, a spoiled cameo that she's in this movie and all that, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, like if one marrying scene was earlier, we see them, we see her leaving or walking out or a contentious conversation before we get her at the very, very end. Then maybe we do kill him off in the third century Greece, and that'd be fine, you know. <laughs> Saying that sounds so silly, but it it's, it, it works sometimes. I mean, yeah. like I said, they spend too much time in it. I, I said in my review, um, there's that expression. It's the Spartan woman expression of like, uh, come back with your shield or on it. Know, and they kind of use that like in professional wrestling like you know where the idea of like a veteran putting a young guy over or like hey when you're done be done like go go out go out on your shield you know yeah and I I, I not that people have to die in movies like I know I rooted, I rooted on these airwaves for Scott Lang to die four months ago but like I, I don't know man kind of go out on your shield Indy you know it it would make for um, a stronger movie um, I think sure. we're all like, it's, it'd be sad for sure but at the same time man you go out Strong. Yeah, definitely missed opportunity mm-hmm. there, but it didn't feel like they were trying to like, oh, we can squeeze another sequel out of this. There's a yeah. finality to it. Oh no, I and, agree. Uh, and it, but also, it, it, there's another fast forward place where like, how in the fuck did we get him out of Sicily? Out of how do we get him out of time? Back to Sicily, back home, healed up, got Marion on the phone, Sala over. Like they just magically end up in New York. Like it's it reminded me of. Um, Days of Future Past when Logan wakes up in 20-whatever after being in 1973. Really. Well, it's a magic fast-forward that it yeah. works well, I mean, the, played with the right they, they do explain how they get back. Yeah. Because they had the wrong coordinates to begin with, so he just reverses them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know what you mean. It's like, was he in a coma for two weeks and then he just yeah, wakes up in the air? Travel isn't fast. Still, it's 1969. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's easily out four days. Come on, right? Oh, yeah. But, um, he's, he's a lot older, yeah. too. So. Do, um, I'll ask, are you a young Indiana Jones chronicle? any of them I've, I've got them they're all on Disney Plus and I'm gonna put I put some in the queue yeah um, including the one that Harrison Ford shows up in. right um, but I, I guess my wonder is um, but I haven't seen any of them but I know that character or at least the narrator character is played by no other actor mm-hmm. is like indie when he's like 90 something so yep. in an eye patch where like I guess it's good <laughs> that he didn't like for canon's sake <laughs> yeah. he didn't die in 3rd century BC so. yeah, that's true well canon we talked about this on our
I think it's a lot about necessary. Just a lot about necessary. Make, make the chase fit what you can do practically. Like, don't, yeah, like not as much green screen background. Do it right on the spot. Do a couple more things on the spot. Not so far and big. And like, I was reading about Raiders. Raiders cost $20 million at that time. Inflation-wise, that would be $60 million. So it's not like... That's super tight even That's by super tight. Standards. And that's yeah. a lot of practical stuff. And even... You know, even if they went 85 and punched up the special effects of the car coming in at the end. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just because those are... That's not Totally age. great, but... But, uh, but that wouldn't I, hurt a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I just want to say, like... Well, we talked about this also on mm-hmm. some of our shows we'll be releasing soon. But yeah. Budget, oh. Budgets are going to have a reckoning. There's going to be a reckoning with all this. Regardless of how much money they are, yeah. how much money they're worth, they're going to have a reckoning where they're like, yeah, you know what? Instead of making $60 million, we can make $120 million. So mm-hmm. let's just pare down the budget a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, this has been good. good. This is the first time we've ever watched a movie together. It in is. In any way, shape, or form. It is. Oh, no, we watched Castle Black and Two Earbuds and the Cup Earbuds, together, but, but we like, were in the theater. Thank you to Classic Cinemas The Grange. Uh, thank you for you for traveling to Illinois. Um, thank you to Stella hanging out and smiling and going, Dad! Stuff like that. <laughs> she only um, the bathroom once, so. That's not bad. You made it sound like she was going to go like two, three times. I figured she was. Okay. Well, um, outro-wise, tell we got merch. It's not well, what we're wearing no, now. Not wearing, yeah. Check it out on uh, everymoviehasalesson.com's T Public page. And then you take us home. Oh, yeah. So uh, follow us on Facebook. We would love some ratings So on our yeah, Facebook yeah, page. Uh, we have iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We've yeah. got video stuff coming through YPA. We've got all kinds of stuff. We've done a lot yeah. of stuff on this trip that's new for us. We're trying these new live things. Mm-hmm. If you like these, let us know. And we'll, try to maybe we'll do some something. isolated ones. Yeah. Like, you know, like if, if Don gets out of a movie or something, he can say something or I get out of seeing something, whatever. Yeah, we see if I'm wearing this shirt. Thing to keep an eye on is the Ruminations Radio Network now has their own YouTube channel where our shows are starting to be kind of converted into podcasts. Um, right now they're kind of audio podcast forms like in video squares, but at some point they will be video mugs of us, and that should be interesting there. So, uh, like, yeah, we hope to really layer that up. So, like, subscribe, get to some of those places like that, and uh, some way, somehow, and we'll see you next time. Perfect I have no clue when you're back to Illinois again. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know when I'll ever get to Phoenix, but this is cool, always is. Yeah. Perfect time. This is super. Look at this. I know, right? <laughs> Trying to get him away. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys.